0: Calibrating the balance between invitation and challenge in relationships is crucial for effective discipleship and fostering growth and maturity in others. Jesus demonstrated his love for his disciples by inviting them to join him in every aspect of life and by then challenging them in ways that encourage trust and growth and their maturity. This is the essence of his mission. He became flesh and dwelled amongst us to model how to live in trust with the Father, and then to love others selflessly, even to the point of sacrifice. Consider the level of access that those you're leading and discipling have to your daily life and family routines. to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, hey, good to be back with you. How's it going? Hope you're having a great day. I'll tell you what, yesterday we had a blast here in Team K land. What a what a day. And we have a lot of these, so I shouldn't be surprised, but it's one of those things where I just feel so blessed at the interactions of our family and uh, the way our children who are adults are with their kids and with us and with other people in the Oikos in the community. It's just amazing day of grace. And I had a I had a really cool sort of proud and grateful papa moment. I was talking to our daughter Kristen. It was actually her birthday sort of all day celebration. And we were talking about, oh, everything and nothing and as it is in, in life. And up came the topic of the kingdom of God and the beauty of it and the ease and grace within which we do live. And she was talking about how she was all teared up thinking about, I just want to live this way and have more and more people understand this and experience God's grace in and through relationship this way. And I just the way she articulated it, and through tears almost, and she was saying she was had been crying about this just recently. I was just like, oh, it really was a proud and grateful Papa moment. I was so, <laughs> oh, oh, so moved by it. And then, you know, we kind of went on to whatever else we were talking about. It was really this beautiful picture of how this works and how discipleship in everyday life happens as we discuss the gospel and grace and the difference between that and religion and all that. So, oh, awesome. Hey, next month, I'll be starting to help 20 people or couples. Either way, if you're married, then couples. And if you're not, still you. <laughs> uh, we're going to be helping 20 people experience greater spiritual freedom as they learn to live a lifestyle of discipleship that naturally fits the rhythms of their lives and their family. We're going to be, Tina and I are going to be personally helping people with that. And that's why we created the Everyday Disciple Makers Coaching Program. It's because We hear so often from so many people who struggle with the same things over and over. They'll say things like, my people do not have time in their schedules for discipleship and outreach. I just can't seem to get it going here. (laughs) Or they'll say, I don't have a full picture and plan to make disciples who make disciples in everyday life. That's what's kind of our roadblock right now. Or They'll say, I want to get off this program-driven hamster wheel of ministry activities and make our faith happen in real life. So if those sound familiar to you at all, if you're struggling with any of these and you're ready to finally make some real lasting progress, and you'd like to know more about this coaching and all, would you let me know? Would you just email me at caesar at everydaydisciple.com? That's C-A-E-S-A-R, so Caesar, just like the salad or the pizza, at everydaydisciple.com. And by the way, the 20 awesome people that do join us, and there's already some folks signed up, so there's not 20 slots left, but the awesome 20 people that do join us for this when it gets kicking off here, But so if you join before the end of the month, um, you're going to be getting some incredible access to Tina and I, sort of unlimited as it were, so it's both group coaching and one-to-one, kind of a bonus. Anyway, I hope you'll get a hold of me if you're interested at all, just to even learn more, just email me and say, hey, I'm interested in this coaching, tell me more, and just email caesar at everydaydisciple.com. Now, I'm going to be introducing my special guests here in just a minute. They're true missional practitioners who are making disciples and growing a church. But first, a little setup. You may have heard me say, the kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationship, and the gospel moves along the pathways of trust that are built. Have you heard me say that? Let me say it again. It's really important. The kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationship, And the gospel moves along the pathways of trust that we build and this is so true and how we build and grow our relationships intentionally is a big part of making disciples that make more disciples and developing leaders within the church now to help with this we teach folks how to calibrate what we call both invitation and challenge yep invitation and challenge within their relationships so relationships with friends with their people of peace, or maybe they're not sure, potential people of peace, within the leaders that they're developing or hoping to develop as leaders. We also teach how invitation and challenge helps us in our parenting and our marriage relationships as well. Now, just quickly, here's what I mean by invitation and challenge. Invitation refers to an attitude and actions and words that say to people, I'm glad you're here. I'm available to you. I'm committed to you and our relationship. And you're welcome in my life. Invitation's about time and access to your life. So it might actually be an invitation to do something, right? But it's more a quality of how you are with those people. It's about time and access to your life. Invitation has to do with a sense of helping someone feel included in the community, welcomed, valued. Not for what they can do, but for who they are. And it's about knowing and feeling that you belong. That's what you want people to experience, that others love them and want them there and ultimately that they're valued and claimed by God as his own. Now challenge, so we talk about invitation, extending invitation, that kind of feeling to people and access to us. Challenge refers to an attitude that says, I want you to grow. I'm committed to your growth and maturity and I'm willing to hold you accountable to see this happen and for you to be all that God wants you to be and intends for your life. I want him to use us together to see that happen. So whenever we're investing time and energy into discipling someone or developing them as leaders, or even within parenting of your own kids or really all relationship, there's this strong dynamic that we learn from Jesus where he perfectly calibrated invitation to his life with a challenge to grow, to participate, to be more like him, to take that next relational step of trust with him. This concept of invitation challenge is one that it's surprisingly simple to understand and amazingly powerful when we master it. We use a visual tool to help teach this. If you can imagine, it has four quadrants that show what happens and what the experience is like in different environments, either too much invitation or too little challenge or all of one, none of the other or whatever. So imagine a a vertical axis that's got high invitation at the top, low invitation at the bottom. and then a horizontal axis that intersects it, low challenge on the left, high challenge on the right. So that produces those four quadrants. And so what we what we see is, and I'm just going to go over this real quickly and tell you how you can get more training on it, but we see is that if you're living in, a, say, a small group or your church environment or how your church feels to people is high invitation, hey, we're glad you're here. But there's low challenge to maturity, to growth, to participate, and all that. Just, hey, we're just glad you're here. That produces a cozy culture. That's your top left quadrant. Now, bottom left quadrant is low invitation and low challenge. It's not a lot of life on life. It's more like that Bible study kind of group or church that's just that. You come, you leave. Uh, not a lot of doing life together and not a lot of challenge to grow because, oh, well, that's risky. Don't want anybody to leave. Numbers are already doing. We call that the board culture. Now, bottom right, the bottom right quadrant is low invitation but high challenge. And this is maybe you've experienced this. This is like if you're working on staff, let's say, at a church. Maybe it's a big church or a big show on Sunday church. There's not a lot of invitation maybe an access to the leadership's life and the elders. They're not in your life and treating you like family. But there's always more challenge to keep things growing. And we call that the discouraged or stressed out culture. I've experienced that. I've experienced that myself a lot in the past. (laughs) Praise God, not so much now. But what we're looking for is the upper top right-hand quadrant, which is both high invitation and high challenge. We call that the discipling culture. Jesus was the master of creating that. And really, even though we say high invitation and high challenge, it's it's high. It's the next appropriate invitation and the next appropriate challenge. And when we say challenge, don't think of like a poke in the chest. Hey, you need to do this or stop that. It's the challenge to take that next relational step or that next step of ownership or maturity or whatever that might be. So hopefully you kind of understand what I mean by invitation and challenge. I go super deep into all of this and really teach it in episode number 237. You can look it up on the interwebs. It's called The Invitation and Challenge Moving Disciples Toward Maturity. And you can get a copy of this Invitation and Challenge Matrix tool that I'm describing here for you. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. That's part of the download this week as part of the big three. So if you go ahead and get the big three later when I take you through it, it'll also come with the Invitation and Challenge Matrix. Well, now you're going to meet... A couple of really good friends of mine, Tim and Anna Brower, and we've known them for years now through our coaching, become very close friends, though, and they are master disciple makers now. It's crazy to see the rhythms of their life and the ease with which they, as a couple and with their kids, make disciples and lead their church. And I've been there a couple times to be with them, to witness this, to be a part of it, to do some other training and equipping, and just be a part of the family. And it's amazing. And they're now passing on what they've been learning and coaching to folks in their church and are starting to coach their own leaders in these very same things. Their church is a missional community-based church, meaning there's a bunch of different missional communities that then gather up when they come together on Sundays, and they're growing these communities and multiplying while also growing as a gathered church on Sundays. It's a beautiful picture of how this all fits together. And like I said, I've been there with them, and they're doing such a good job. You're going to hear in this interview coming up their genuine love for people and for making disciples together as a couple and as a family. And you'll hear how they've been using and applying invitation and challenge in their lives and ministry in all kinds of different ways. Take a listen to our conversation and then I'll be back to wrap things up. Tell us just a little bit about yourself, how long you've been married? How long the, has the church been around? What's it like? Just kind of give us some context. So uh, the folks kind of get a little bit of understanding of who you are. And then when we start talking about invitation and challenge, they'll go, okay, there's the context I get that. All right. And so we're married for almost 19 years
1: and uh, have four kids, 13 and under three girls and a boy. We planted a church about se- almost seven years ago now, and we have been doing missional communities the whole time, not always in the best way. we <laughs> growing and really have seen a lot of change in our neighborhood over the past few years. A lot of people coming in, people of peace, just great relationships built there. I have taken some people through the story of God and. Yeah, you know, God's God's
0: working in some great ways. It's awesome. And you're in, did you say you're in North Carolina? Yes. Yeah, Statesville, North Carolina. Yep. Yeah, beautiful town. What a cool, and you see a town where you go like, this was glorious and it's glorious, but I bet there was a dip in the seventies or eighties downtown there. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think they're right. Cause
0: <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, Tina and I talk about it all the time. Like we didn't have the grandbabies here. I think we'd be living in Statesville. It was, we had such fun there. And it's such a good, you guys have such a good community there and family. Tell us a little bit about the kids, your ages. What's that like? And, and Anna, you're working as well outside the home. You're helping obviously lead and make disciples, but you're also working outside the home, as is Tim. He's a pastor. I always like to joke him that he only works like an hour, hour and a half a week. So, you know, the rest of the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Know. So I actually work part-time 20 hours a week at the local hospital and I'm a nurse anesthetist. Our oldest is 13 years old. She is in the eighth grade. We have a 10-year-old in the fifth grade, and we have a six-year-old in the first grade and a two-year-old, almost three-year-old next month. So it's a busy, busy group, and we homeschool. So on the days that I work, Tim jumps in there and homeschools the kids, and then I'm doing that when I'm not working. So,
0: awesome! Yeah. And even though I know everybody watching Tim right now is thinking, man, that Tim's got a strong beer game actually in his family <laughs> He looks like a middle schooler because right. his dad and brothers have beards, like from what I've seen of the pictures. I know <laughs> So you're keeping yours a little more tame, a little so you can get your shirt button and stuff. <laughs> I want to be able to kiss my wife. That's <laughs> right. That too. That's a good thing, right? Yeah we've t- we've talked about it before. Tina's not a big fan of the stash, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so today as we talk about invitation and challenge, you know I've shared with folks that. Boy, I wish I had learned about invitation and challenge a whole lot sooner than I had, both in, you know, running businesses and dealing with staff at church. You know, I was at a very large church, so I had hundreds of volunteers, you know, working, you know, with us in, in the departments that I was helping to lead. And so did Tina. And then of course we've raised some kids, right? And so I, I'm just amazed at how practical that really does turn out to, you know, to be. When we start to use invitation and challenge when it comes to creating a culture in our church or moving people from people of peace towards discipleship or even challenging leaders and all that. When you guys first heard about it, what were, can you remember like what were some of the things that first dropped on your head and heart about invitation and challenge and calibrating those two? Yeah, I think part of it was, man, I wish the same thing.
1: I wish we would have done this sooner. Part of it was, yes, we've invited a lot of people in but there's not been a a lot of challenge as far as, you know, next with them, even with our kids, you know, we've, I feel like that relationship's a whole lot better and more inclined to be that way with the invitation challenge just naturally. But, but yeah, we've seen some benefit in that
0: as well. What do you think from a community standpoint that you were building, you know, building out a new church there, plant a new community in multiple communities, what would you say in the quadrants, were, were you primarily, was it cozier? Was it, you know, like, here, I'm just going to throw that on the screen as well. Like, where, where, where do you think you guys were maybe in the, those early days? Because I know as a church planner, it's like, we just want everybody to come. We don't want to tick anybody off, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, well, so. I, actually, I think we were probably in the stressed and discouraged because there were just so few leaders that we were really, you know, doing everything and trying to make Pressing stuff happen. Pressing on them, yeah. And, you know, that we ended up, you know, having a few leaders step down and, and so then we kind of switched to the cozy culture to where we, you know, made it easy for people and and that, that didn't work either. So anyhow, it, I think, I think the discipling culture, high invitation, high challenges been evident in some relationships and some instances and it's, and it's really helped.
0: Give, Give still, me some instances with within the community. Let's say some of your core, maybe, or some of the initial leaders that you know stuck around after the stressed out sort of time of life, where you started realizing, oh, maybe I need to be, you know, calibrating invitation and challenge more. Either like we're like, I need to start banking, you know, banking invitation and time with people, or. You know, we've done a lot of that. It's time to really start up in the challenge, which might stress people a little bit at first. Or, like, give me. You got any examples? Do You remember any stories of that? You don't have to name names, because, but this is a private group. No one's going to hear this. <laughs> no,
1: I think, I think for our our eldership, those that are elders, we've, you know, kind of just coasted along. They were invited into our our home a lot. We, you know, oftentimes spent. Time with them, we went camping with them, did, did different things, but there wasn't a lot of challenge as far as leading the group and starting a mission, a new missional community with them. So we, so we've seen that happen. Also within our own missional community, we've seen a great increase in, you know, with the invitation, we were always inviting in, but the challenge wasn't always there. And so we've encouraged some others that we've seen leadership abilities into. To step out and start a new communities. So, we're coaching them right now and moving that way. So,
0: I know one of the things we've talked about recently quite a bit within co- our coaching relationship is the need to, as you're starting to equip more with your missional community leaders and then therefore challenge them more to growth than taking on more ownership of their own missional communities, the need to make sure that you're really balancing out having some fun and plenty of invitation because you're pushing them out into some new waters, right? Yeah, two of the
1: people that we're coaching now have been in our missional community, and so we've really loved on them. And you know, they they come to our house frequently, and and have been involved with us for a while. And and so yeah, they're I think ready for that challenge, and they've accepted that well. And we want to keep in touch with them. You know, at least having them over to our house once a month, and then you know maybe just on a call or something like that. Yeah. of course, checking people on Sundays as well.
0: Sure. How about with people of peace in your own life? I know you guys have a growing community and you're really popular in your neighborhood <laughs> and available to people. How have you seen invitation and challenge uh, working or informing your own decisions with people of peace where you're like, hey, maybe, maybe this neighbor seems to be leaning in. They might be a person of peace and, and, and using invitation and challenge to figure out how to calibrate that relationship towards discipleship and following Jesus. You want to share about changing.
2: So we, we actually have some neighbors that are, that have been very distinct people of peace. Like they're, they meet all of the definition of people of peace and they, like we were like, Oh, it's the Severson. So that was pretty awesome. But we've just been trying to spend lots of time with them. But then we had the story of God. Should we do that In in January? Yeah. And so we invited them and they came and that was pretty awesome. To be a part with them. And then Tim has invited the husband of that couple to be a part of his DNA group as well. And so that's been pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. What do you think, Anna? Are you more, do you more naturally tend towards invitation or challenge, do you think?
2: Oh, totally invitation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really?
2: I struggle to bring challenge. Now, I don't struggle as much with my kids. I guess I struggle with people pleasing It's in that kind of thing. And so I definitely enjoy spending time with people and not bringing a challenge. So I have to really work towards that and pray about it. So
0: we, we balance each other in that. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And you know, I think you just touched on something and a pretty important that like, I think we need both, right? We know this, we need, we need imitation and challenge and we're always learning in a given situation, how to calibrate that best way to do that's Ask the spirit of God, I think. Right like what's next Lord with this person, like invitation or challenge or a little bit, a little bit of wrapped up together, both. Right. But you hit upon something pretty, pretty powerful there. And this isn't to put a finger on you per se, but all of us that oftentimes when we don't want to bring challenge and remember, we always say the next appropriate challenge. So it's not from like, Hey, I just met this person. You want to go on vacation? Or I just met this person. Like you want to lead an alpha group? Like I don't even know what you know or something, you know, but oftentimes if we're not, like inclined to bring a challenge when we know it's good for folks, it could be a fear of man thing, right? Or a little bit of people pleasing, like you said. And that, I think, as we grow in our gospel fluency, in our identity, like really believing that God's our dad and he's crazy about us, and so we don't have anything to prove or earn. In fact, we can't. It's even offensive to try, right? Then we that sort of that need to make everybody else happy starts to diminish a little bit in our hearts, right? And so I think we as we're, you know, maturing into Christ likeness, I think we will always find easier to do both. And cause I know there's people li- listening that are go like, I'm all about challenge. I don't really want to hang out that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, and and it's kind of the same thing in reverse. It's like, you know, I'm, I like me and I want to be, my time's my own and I just want them to do this. And so I taught them, go do it. There you go. High challenge, <laughs> you know, or I invited them. They don't want to do it. I don't care. You know? And it's that calibrating of the two. And sometimes for quite a long time, hey, you know, sometimes you're you're I know we've got we've got friends and neighbors and people of peace where I feel like years of calibrating invitation and challenge up the slope relationally with them. And sometimes. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I think this is a person of peace. But as you start to calibrate that, they never receive challenge even when it's like soft challenge, like, Hey, let's go do this. Oh yeah. We're not, we're going to be a little busy for that. And it's like month after month after invitation. And you're just trying to wrap a little challenge in the invitation. Like instead of meeting like with a neighborhood, let's meet, you know, ourselves or let's go to dinner as couples and it's never received. That's hard. Cause you feel like, am I not, you know, am I not banking invitation in a way that it's received as such, or is maybe this isn't a person of peace right now, you know? And that gets a bit tricky. Hey, any thoughts on that? How that, how, you know, when you think you're doing that, but then maybe you're not getting the response, you still hope they're not receiving that, that challenge. Well, so we had an instance
1: with a, a missional community group just recently that we were trying to help them. And, you know, it, there was just the, the, the challenge was put out there, you know, they were going to start a new group and just not, they hadn't fully embraced it. And so, we were questioning: Did we bank enough invitation into them? Yeah, we're pushing them out and challenge. And so we just had to to think about that, break through that, assess the relationship there, but also with our neighborhood. You know, for years we've been doing open tables, and uh, maybe three, at least three years, maybe four. And you know, some of those relationships they're very willing to come and participate. They're They receive the invitation, but the next step, you know, is, is not there. And so it just takes time and patience. Yeah. God's patient with me so I can be
0: patient. No kidding. Right. You know, no kidding. I think too, in our sort of shake and bake microwave world, we assume everything is going to be really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And yet then we look at Jesus and he was God and he got pretty much 24 seven with these, his disciples. And it still was three years. And then at his ascension, it said the 11 there, they were still alive. were watching as he's like ascending, you know, they've seen him raised from the dead and all like touched my, you know, all right. And they some it says still did not believe. Which means some of those disciples that we never hear about again, probably didn't receive the challenge of go and make more disciples. And they're like, eh, back to fishing <laughs> or whatever it was, right? We don't know. But I I think that's a fair assumption because we don't have them all like showing up in the epistles or the book of Acts, right? And so that gives me hope in a sense of like, hey, small is big, slow is fast. Let's keep doing that. But then as people emerge, clearly as people of peace, they're receiving that challenge as you toggle imitation challenge. I I just, you know, I want to underscore those are the people we have to give our best time to and our best focus to and our emotional energy and all that. Let's talk a little bit about invitation and challenges how it connects to your parenting. How's that how's that affected you with your kids or even how you think about trying to help them mature and grow, especially when it comes to areas where you're like, man, I am just beating my head against the wall with this one, you know, or this area. What are some of your experiences with that?
1: I I think it's best seen in our oldest kids just because they're, you know, becoming more independent, they're not coming to us for all the answers, you know, and and all that. And so like our, our 13 year old daughter loves a coffee drink. And so we know if we don't talk to her and get, you know, get to her heart, let's go and get a coffee drink and uh, spend some time with you at the, at the coffee shop. And then we can build that invitation up to where we can come and challenge her as well in that. And, and it's, it's pretty sweet. You know, it's almost like the five love languages seeing that in them our our second oldest daughter who is 10. She, um, you know, she loves time with us and she loves the to, to cuddle and, you know, all that. And so I think just giving her that time is banking invitation into her life. And then we can, you know, have that opportunity to, you know, to challenge her in with things. Great.
2: I was going to say about our oldest too. We, like everyone with a thirteen-year-old, deal with attitude issues. No,
0: um, <laughs> not those Brower kids. Come on,
2: they're perfect, perfect children. No,
0: perfect little <laughs> Christian kids, pastors' kids.
2: <laughs> but I have noticed when I bank invitation with Lydia, those attitudes don't. They don't rear up the same way. You know, when I say I'm on your side, I'm on your team. And I show it to her through invitation. She responds differently to me. And I appreciate that. It's amazing. It's God's grace in, in that whole relationship.
0: Yeah. I I just want to encourage anybody with kids right now, listening, wherever you see those blockages, there's a good chance you're way heavy on the challenge side. And there might be good reason for it, but if you want to love those kids well and you want to see movement or breakthrough and you like to see more relational peace, try banking some invitation without bringing up the challenge Mm -hmm. a few times or for maybe a few weeks or something. You know what I mean? I can remember this like when my youngest was a teenager and of course, she's now the last sort of one under our thumb. You know what I mean? Cause like her, her sibs are either gone or like living how they want, you know, more so. And uh, she felt, oh, so restricted. And it seemed like everything, like anything was too much for her. It's like, I can you guys are ruining my life, you know? And it just was like, really? Like, we just want you to pick that up, and move it to there. Like, that's too, you know, or whatever it was. And, but all that changed drastically when it started banking invitation. And just building that trust back up. Like, I mean, it wasn't like she distrusted in that sense. But like you said, being on the same team, and we're big on Team K, right? We're big on being a team. But I think what can also, what all often happens, especially within family life, is we kind of, the, the kids at least, from their perspective, the only time I hear from you is when you're, try- you're upset or you're trying to get me to do something or fix something or stop doing something, right? Yeah. And that gets rough, that gets rough for them because none of us would like that feeling of that either. I'm just going to pull up the, the uh, invitation and challenge for parenting, right? <laughs> you know, And so that's that performance review. And, and I think we might not feel like we're in the, you know, like our family life with the kids is in the performance review category, but they might mm-hmm. because we've not spent a whole lot of time banking invitation. And what we think, oh, yeah, we do we eat dinner together every night. And they're like, and I, and I hate it because you make us do it and you make me put my phone. You know, it's, that's not invitation. Right. And that's, I think that's something for us to remember in both with kids, but also with people of peace or neighbors that we're just trying to figure out if they might be or leaders in our communities, just because we think we're banking invitation doesn't necessarily mean they're receiving it as invitation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't have like every, you know, every situation would be different. So I can't say here's how you'd know for sure. But I think if you're If you're always banking one type of invitation and the people aren't receiving the challenge, but they seem like they want to, they seem like they like you, they're leaning in, be it your kid or a neighbor or a leader you're developing. It might be that you want to try a different type of invitation, you know, different type of access to your life and time, or maybe it's the invitation's been in a group and you need some one-on-one time or maybe some fishing, or maybe it's like, hey, like, let's just I'm taking her and we're going to Costco together and we're just going to talk through all the stuff that I buy and why and how I save money and I'm like, so thankful for that. And that's banking the right, you know what I mean? Or well, who knows? We just don't know. And so sometimes we've got to move the type of invitation around or maybe I, maybe we could be bold enough to ask like, Hey, did you enjoy that? Was that a good time? Great. would you, I'd love to get together again. What would you like to do? And if they say the same, okay, maybe we're on the right track. If they say something completely different, maybe, there's different ways of banking that invitation. I think for some people, banking invitation um, is has a lot to do with words of affirmation. You mentioned, I think, the five love languages. For some people, like that time together is great, and they need that because it's you know invitation is access to us. But some people think, well, yeah, it's access to me, and then I was challenging the heck out of you, <laughs> and like what they really needed was to be told that you love them, that they're beautiful, that they're doing a good job, that you're encouraged, that you're proud of them, whatever, right? It would be in that situation. So yeah, it's awesome. Um, another category that we've started to apply invitation and challenge to is in ma- our marriage relationship. And that's a, that's a newer sort of iteration of the use of this for Tina and I at least. And I know we've talked about it in coaching just a bit. Any thoughts on that? How, invitation and challenge and and calibrating that is starting to be utilized or at least you're thinking through these lenses within your own marriage and relationship?
2: I would say that I've seen it well done through Tim because as he has been on this journey of learning more about missional living and even being coached by Caesar and things like that, long before we were coached by Caesar, like per se, he has moved very quickly along this path and I have been much slower. And it's not that I wasn't willing to come path along. Path of, you
0: mean like living on mission and opening up your home and all that?
2: Yeah, he's very extroverted and I'm not. And so it's very natural for him to be like, let's have people over all the time. And I'm like, I just wanna lay on the couch all the time. Like that <laughs> <laughs> But I will say he has been very grace-filled. You know, he has been very loving and brought challenge. Like, Anna, we can do this. You know, you can do this and I will be right here with you, you know, or I was just thinking about this invitation and challenge matrix and thinking, I wonder how many times I heard it before it really went from here to here because I think there's so many concepts definitely that you've taught us Caesar that have been like that for me, where he dropped faster and I took forever. And he'd be like, Anna, how many times has Caesar said this? Or how many times have we read this? How many times have (laughs) I said this to you? But he's never been condemning in that way. Like you should have got this, you know, he, he would just always be loving. And so I think, that was the appropriate invitation met with the challenge.
0: Right. Good. It's good. It, good job on you, Tim. <laughs> and, but it's it's reality, right? Otherwise, you know, it's just we're pushing on each other. Where's the love in that? And and we have to do this disciple making in community as a lifestyle together. If we're married, and I think just about everybody on, you know, in, in this call and watching is probably just about everybody. Not everybody, maybe, but every, almost. And it is so key that we're, we're moving together, which means in some areas, in some aspects, we might have to slow it down or take more time to explain or bring the invitation, right? Or take on different roles like, hey, challenging here, I realize that's just not something you want to do or you're good at or you feel confident right now in. How about I take that on, you know, or whatever. So that's good. That's real good. I don't like this idea that, though, you know, if there's any kind of conflict, you're bringing up my name in the middle of it a lot.
2: I wouldn't call it conflict. I would just call it reminding, (laughs) like, hey, you heard
0: that? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, somebody, um, Rob Dickerson asked, you know, what's an open table? And I was almost going to, I didn't want to step on you there. And I I wrote him back, you know, an open table is kind of like a standing weekly meal where you can, you know, you always know, hey, we're doing this and uh, others can come you know, and, and we're just going to pick a night of the week, like a Thursday and go, Hey, open table, simple meal, y'all come. And, and not only are we inviting people of peace and neighbors or maybe key leaders or something like that, but we also have it sort of in our pocket because it's a predictable pattern so that if we run into somebody, we don't have to go like, we should really have them over. And then we like, it drags on and drags on. We're never planning it. We're forgetting about it. You know, but if we have that open table, that sort of standing open table, like we always do that Thursdays or we do that Tuesday night or whatever it is, then you can always go like, well, hey, you know, a bunch of us that's super casual get together for like pizza and salad or soup and salad or well, you know, whatever it is on Thursday. If you want to come, it'd be awesome. You can meet some great people, you know. And so, and then he asked like, well, how many people should you plan for? Who knows, right? <laughs> the first couple times you got to see like who's all coming. But over time, we get to invite people to also participate by bringing some stuff, so you don't have to plan that much. I know for us, and this is a little off base here, but I'm trying to answer Rob. For us, when we would do this, we generally would say, hey, we got the meat, you guys bring beverages of choice and a side to share, you know? And i said, well, how many should I make it for? Make it for a dozen people, you know? And then if we have more, then we'll have more sides and it'll all add up. And then we would just kind of grill the meat or whatever we were doing- you know as it went or if we were doing spaghetti or something like that it's like well we'll just boil noodles as we need them and the sauce we could refreeze but all the sides are coming or whatever so there you go little drop in teaching on <laughs> open table all right so any other thoughts about using or even encouraging people to really embrace and start to to utilize invitation and challenge within their church staffs or with their parenting or or marriage or whatever any any thoughts on this to encourage people and in, in really starting to touch and handle and use this stuff.
1: I think it's really worth wrestling with all of the relationships that you have and just seeing, you know, where you're challenging more, where you're inviting more and how to balance that better. I think we all have room for improvement. I, I think there's definite benefits to, to kind of structuring life around that. You know, I think it opens doors for you know, for taking that next step with people. And so, you know, I, I think we, we love inviting others in. We love the high invitation and, and we do that a lot. I think the challenge has, has come and we've seen benefit in that. And, you know, really people, even being ready, I remember we started DMA group, which is like a little triad of, of men meeting with men, women with women. When we first started them, you know, we had just a few leaders that were doing it, maybe three ladies and three men and they, they grew and the the groups didn't multiply. Like we hoped that they would. And when I challenged them, I mean, they were, they'd been invited into, into these groups. And when that next little bit of challenge came, they were ready to, to jump. There were some people that were like, yeah, I'm going to
0: start one. You know, I'm ready to multiply out and start new ones. Yeah.
1: So, you know, things like that, and I think it's really, it's really good to calibrate through that.
0: I think too, what I really love about kind of thinking through that framework in our, in our lives and ministry stuff is I never feel stuck anymore because it's like, is it invitation or challenge or is it a little both, you know, right. And I can pray about that and ask the spirit to guide that. But it used to, I think I, I, I tended definitely to definitely ch- to be more on the challenge side. So it's like, well, they're not doing it. So I guess I'll go in there and challenge them some more. And I was like, even you know, like, oh, I don't want to do that. And they're like, I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? And so now I never have to kind of wonder as much. It's like, hey, I thought we were there. They're not receiving that or they really bristled. It, maybe it's a hard issue or whatever, but let me, even to get after it, let me go ahead and just bank some invitations, spend some time, you know, build some trust. And I, I just don't feel stuck anymore. Like, well, my only option is to just, I guess, raise my voice a little higher, or be a little more emphatic or, you know, or something, you know? And so I, I feel like now we've always got good options and, and they don't all look the same. Right. And so it's good. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that tool as well. Hey, Tim and Anna, thanks again for doing this. I love you guys. You know that we're family together. And thank you so much for the time today. You're probably, you're on the East coast. You're bumping up towards getting ready to start making some dinner <laughs> and I got to have some lunch here. So thanks again for being on. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Tim and Anna. And you can see how they're calibrating all this in their own life and ministry in all kinds of ways. And I hope it encourages you to start thinking through these lenses of invitation and challenge, both in ministry with the teams you lead or with people in your life or in your department, maybe if you're leading a church or however that fits. You can probably see right away all the areas of your life that this is going to help in people of peace, neighbors, even with your kids and all that. We've loved being in coaching with Tim and Anna over the past like two plus years now. They've really applied what they've learned and grown with and from it and then also started passing it on. I love that. And their disciple making and their gospel fluency now is just through the roof. Oh, I love that. Hey, remember I told you earlier about the Everyday Disciple Makers coaching program? that starts up next month, I'm going to be helping 20 people, Tina and I, will be helping 20 couples or people experience greater spiritual freedom, just like what we were talking about today, and as they learn to live a discipleship lifestyle that fits the rhythms of their own life. And then hopefully, like Tim and Anna, teach that to others. If you're interested in learning more about that, want to know how the coaching works and maybe get set up for that and be one of the 20 people that gets kind of unlimited access to us, group and one-to-one, just email me say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about this coaching, but do it right away, okay? Email me at caesar at everydaydisciple.com. That's How always spell it because everybody wants to flip those A's and E's around. Now, as always, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. And you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download along with that invitation and challenge matrix tool. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Now, Here are the big three for this week. Number one, calibrating the balance between invitation and challenge in relationships is crucial for effective discipleship and fostering growth and maturity in others. You really can't do it without that. By depositing invitation in people's lives, we build up a reserve that can later be spent as challenges for them to take next steps in their growth. If someone's not responding positively to the challenges that you're presenting them, it may be an indication that you need to increase the level or frequency of invitation between you and them. Or maybe the challenge is too great for the current level of trust you have with them. Think through that. That's changed my leadership. Number two, Jesus demonstrated his love for his disciples by inviting them to join him in every aspect of life and by then challenging them in ways that encourage trust and growth and their maturity. This is the essence of his mission. He became flesh and dwelled amongst us to model how to live in trust with the Father and then to love others selflessly, even to the point of sacrifice. Consider the level of access that those you're leading and discipling have to your daily life and family routines. Hmm. And number three, start by making a list of people in your life that you're leading or discipling. And this may include people in your own family. And ask God to show you what the next appropriate invitation and level of challenge is for each person as you seek to teach them and train and disciple them to maturity. What is the next appropriate level of invitation and challenge with your spouse or your kids or those you lead at work and people of peace in your life? I want to encourage you, get started right away. And remember, if you download the Big Three this week, I'm going to give you that invitation challenge matrix for free as well. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G, number three. Okay, that's it for today. Hope you'll join me next week. We're going to continue to learn how the gospel speaks into all of normal life and is foundational to making discipleship and mission a lifestyle instead of a program of the church. I'll talk to you soon.